This is the Federated Farmers Podcast, where Kiwi farmers stay up to date with the latest news and views shaping the future of farming in New Zealand. Tune in every fortnight as we take a deep dive into the big issues. I'm your host, Ben Chapman-Smith. Let's get into it. So this week, to kick off our new podcast, we thought there'd be no better person to interview than Federated Farmers National President Wayne Langford. Wayne is a Golden Bay dairy farmer, but he also likes to keep busy off the farm. He's a co-founder of Meet the Need charity that provides milk and meat for food banks across the country, and he shares his personal mental health journey online as the YOLO farmer. I wanted to find out more about Wayne, what makes him tick, and check in on how he's feeling six months into his three-year term as Fed's president. Wayne, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you. How's your summer been? Yeah, ben, really good to be here. Thanks for having me. So far, we're, what, 15 days into summer, and uh, it's been pretty relaxing. Uh, I've got a 17-year-old son that's milking my cows for me. Uh, I've got another son training to be an All Black, so I'm out running with him every morning. It's been pretty good so far, but uh, I've got a feeling it's going to get a whole lot busier than what it is already. <laughs> Yeah, what sort of distance runs are you going for, Wayne? Oh, I'm trying to be conservative and stick to about 5Ks at the moment. We're clipping it along at a fair pace, so, so that's all right. But um, I'm, I'm trying to keep it pretty simple. Uh, he's a front rower, so he doesn't want to be running too far. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a good challenge. We'll, we'll be that. Good stuff. So, Wayne, you were elected as National President of Federated Farmers last July at the age of 40, which makes you one of the younger presidents in the organisation's history. How did you get involved in Feds, though? What made you show up for that first meeting and stick around? Yeah, no, pretty good question. Um, I'd never really thought of myself as, as too young. I, you know, our, our family pretty young. You know, we were, I think I was 21 when I had my first son, so I'm going to be under 45 by the time they all move out of home. So probably done things a little bit earlier than, than a lot of people in that, from that point of view. From a Feds point of view, I'd done a bit of governance training, uh, been through the Fonterra Governance Program. I was, I was sitting on a local vet club board, headed along to my first um, Federated Farmers AGM, provincial AGM in Golden Bay. Just so happened that uh, Bruce Wills, the national president, was there that day and and he said, wow, you should put your name forward for the dairy chair. And uh, so I was signing a membership and signing myself up all on the same day and and really the rest is history, Ben. It's um, onwards and upwards from there. And so what's been your progression through the ranks of Federated Farmers, Wayne? What was the pathway that you took to presidency from being dairy chair? Yeah, well, Feds is one of those organisations where um, if you keep putting your hand up, you keep moving up the ranks, I think. So I've really enjoyed that journey. Uh, You know, started as the local dairy chair, then onto the national dairy exec, and then vice to the vice and vice dairy chair under Chris Lewis, and and then eventually national dairy chair. From there, things didn't... Didn't go quite as I planned. They, they jumped around a bit uh, when we had Karen Williams step down as vice president of the national body. I took on the vice president role, and then a year later, I was um, hoisted into the presidential seat, which is um, probably a bit earlier than I expected, but still a, ch- a challenge I was really uh, looking forward to taking on. Out of interest, early on when you joined Feds, did you have the presidency in your sights? Was that an ambition of yours? Uh, no, no, definitely not, not at all. Just something uh, to be a part of. I found it really interesting. I found it, what was going on outside of the farm gate uh, really interesting. And also uh, kind of working with other farmers from across the country to see what they were dealing with was very interesting as well. So the progression and, and the rise up the chain was, yeah, like I say, it just came kind of naturally and 
yeah, you know, even the last couple of years, there was no real drive to be national uh, feds president. If it came, it came. And and, and to be fair, uh, I think you probably touch on the YOLO stuff later, but that's probably how the YOLO life works as well. You know, you just you just ride the wave and, uh, and, and we're riding that wave just at the moment. Good stuff. So you've been president now for about six months, right? How are things going under under Wayne's watch? And have you notched up a, a few wins? I really am enjoying it. It is a lot of fun, and and uh, and I actually never expected it to be probably quite as enjoyable as it is. I fully appreciate that. It's a significant challenge as well, right? And both farmers, you know, farm representatives, and and our team at Feds have, have had those challenges as well. So I think that's probably why it's been somewhat enjoyable. Is I've relished that challenge of of getting things cranking a little and getting some dirt under the fingernails and, and making a difference for farmers. So that has been really good. From uh, an advocacy point of view, you know, obviously with the election in October, we blasted the town blue with the Fed's uh, election manifesto, 12 key points to restoring farmer confidence. You know, I think I've been through that hundreds of times with hundreds of people and uh, I think we got our message uh, pretty well across there and and probably uh, from a point of view of, uh, or in a way that we, we haven't really done before. So that was pretty rewarding, particularly to get to the election day and to have, you know, the three coalition partners now having agreed to 10 or more of what we were looking for, that's a pretty awesome result for a farmer advocacy group and for farmers as a whole. So I'm uh, pretty proud of the, the team and what we've been through there. But internally, you know, like there's two hats that you wear when you're the Fed's president. You've got uh, the advocacy side and the work you do, you know, representing farmers, and then you've got your governance hat. You know, Fed's is, a, is, is quite a large business and organisation, and there's a bit of governance there that keeps the ship rolling as well. And and so we've had some challenges just like uh, many farmers have had out there, you know, adjusting their books and, and many other businesses around the country and, and having to go through one of the first restructures that Feds has done in, in quite a few years was extremely uh, challenging on everyone really and, uh, you know, and a tough process to go through. So heading into 2024, I hope that we can um, settle some of that down now and, and really look forward to what's um, uh, coming ahead and get to work. What are some of the other challenges you've had in your first six months, Wayne? This role is incredibly relationship-based, and so it's building those relationships and and building a a level of trust, right? So uh, not only am I building those relationships with, say, our levy bodies and others in the ag sector, uh, you know, those that are are pretty much our friends, uh, but also dealing with them, working on them with with politicians and and others, you know, people that are new to the job, people that are, you know, uh, new to their portfolios and that sort of thing, understanding what the ag sector is all about and who's who and, and that sort of thing. There's a fair bit that goes on in that space. Uh, thankfully, Feds do a pretty good job at bringing you up through the ranks and getting you to know most of that. But, but I think the Feds president is is next level uh, when it comes to that. So it's been uh, been a bit of a challenge to kind of work on those relationships and get those relationships really cemented, uh, so that, like I say, we can get to work in twenty twenty four. Out of those policy wins that you achieved going to the election and, and afterwards, what are the ones that stand out most to you, Wayne? What are you most proud of? I'm a pan sector president, right? So I represent, you know, not only dairy, which is is what I farm, but also sheep and beef, and, and obviously arable as well. But also, you know, a farmer that is um, 85 years old and a farmer that's 25 years old as well. So I know you'd like lo- you'd love to me to pick one out, but it's spread across the board. So whether it be the the Kiwi Saver for young farmers and that sort of thing, or whether it m- might have been, you know, uh, looking at how we're going to use GE or GMO and and encouraging uh, that conversation to have another look at that to see what we're going to do in that space. You know, that's that's what some farmers have been talking about for 40 years type thing. So there's all different sides to the uh, 12 priorities that we put forward that uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to really you know, getting into and working with politicians, but no one to really probably nail down on. 
Yeah, good stuff. When you were elected, I, I was reading an article. At the time, you were quoted as saying that farmers are looking to us for strong leadership as they try to navigate their way through an increasingly complex world. Do you think Feds is providing that strong leadership, Wayne? Where could it be stronger? I'm the kind of guy that's there's always more to do, and there is. A strong leadership will look differently to a, to a lot of people, so, so that's always a challenge. I'd like to think that we have strengthened our, our backbone a little bit and really stood up for who federated farmers are and, and the fact that we are the voice of the, the farmers and the fact that, you know, the role that farmers play within the economy, you know, building that respect, uh, not only that voice, but sorry, the, the respect back up as well uh, for what that means and, and the effect that we can have. That's been a piece of work. Uh, still, like I say, I, f- I feel like we're just getting started on that. We may have moved quite far, but, but I think we've still uh, got a lot more work to do. So on that note, what are the big things in your focus for 2024, Wayne? Yeah, well, as you can imagine, there's the real macro stuff and then there's the, the micro policy issues. You know, macro for me is bringing this unity of, of the ag sector together so that we are this one one force and that we're not segregated, whether it be, you know, sheep and beef or dairy or arable or, or young farmers or old farmers or, or whatever it is, uh, rural women or, or feds or whoever it is, we should be coming as, at it as one voice. That doesn't mean, uh, from my point of view, that we're all around the table all at the same time, you know, um, but that's a role that I see the Federated Farmers uh, President, you know, really taking on is, is making sure that that everyone in, in that space is, is working together and we all know that our roles to play. I'm a coach of the local 1-16 to 16, uh, boys rugby team and uh, and as I tell my boys every Saturday before they hit the hit the park, you know, do your job, just do your job and we'll, we'll get a win out there, right? That applies with, with the ag sector as well, right? Let's all just do our job and our role that we have to play and make sure that we're not fighting across each other or cutting across in front of each other. Otherwise, um, you know, we knock the ball on and, and it's a knock-on for agriculture. So how do we make sure that we're all doing our job so that we get the best result? And that's what I, you know, from a macro level, I really want to work on for 2024. From a micro level, there's this 12 key priorities from pre the election, making sure that they come through after the election that, that we still listen to and that those are carried out, uh, plus obviously what, whatever comes to us. What I really hope is that, and what we're res- we're already seeing already, is that the government uh, truly listens to farmers and, and says, we're not the government that's going to tell you how to do this. We want you to come to us with answers. Uh, that comes with a huge responsibility for us. It's certainly something that I don't, I don't take lightly. It's, it's something that's really easy to say and slightly more difficult to do, right? So if we don't want the government to tell us what to do, when they come to us and say, hey, Wayne, what are you going to do about fresh water? Um, we need to you know, make sure we've got an answer. What are we going to do about emissions? Uh, yeah, we need to make sure that as a sector, you know, that we're working on it, that we've got our scientists and our agricultural scientists working on it and that sort of thing so that when, uh, when they do need the answer or when they do need us to do something, that we are actually uh, doing something in that space. There's something interesting you said there as well about coaching the local rugby, you know, your son's rugby team. It just made me think, how the heck do you do all this? How do you balance it all? Um, how do you find time to, you know, be president of Fed Farmers, run your farm, coach the local rugby team? <laughs> I know you've got your meet, meet the need commitments and things like that too. It is busy and I, I do get that question a lot. But honestly, um, what I've got is some pretty amazing teams around me, right? A lot of cases, Ben, I'm, I'm just the, the puppet that sits up on top, um, you know, with federated farmers, you know, uh, we've, we've got a huge team that does a lot of work and, and and a lot of the time I'm just spreading that message for the team, right? It's the same with uh, Meet the Need. We've create, created an incredible team there that are really rolling on and getting that charity out of the out of the startup phase and into a, a legacy-type charity. 
And then on farm, we've done again. We've done the same thing. We've set it up in a real simple way that a, that a team can run. I'm just the one that makes it look good. Ben. <laughs> That's about it. But uh, no, well, hopefully we'll see how we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get on your way. Like, there's bound to be some young farmers who listen to this podcast, and they might be wondering if they should be dipping their toes into the water with federated farmers, or even putting their hand up for a leadership role at some point. I'm interested in knowing, you know, what advice you would give for them and, and how to get started in feds and, you know, any advice, anything that you've picked up along the way through your progression. There's quite a few angles to this one. The first way I'll answer this would be, uh, you know, what what is a young farmer, right? So from a federated farmer's point of view, a young farmer is probably 30 to 45 years old and they are taking on farm ownership, they're taking on a shareholding position, this sort of thing. It's not our traditional young farmers, you know, like our clubs and whatnot or the young farmers organisation and such. And so look at that within that framework around what how you class yourself as a young farmer within feds. On top of that, uh, you know, if we are talking about the young farmers, the 18 to 30-year-olds, honestly, I would say don't, don't race into feds. Maybe come along to a few meetings, understand what they do and, and what it's all about. But also get out there and have some fun and enjoy um, a few jobs, you know, learn a bit about agriculture and stuff like that. Um, get amongst it. You know, when you've got that experience and you can add a little more later on, you can certainly get into some of the issues that are, that we're dealing with. But when you're young and you're 20s, Ben, and you've, you've still got hair, you, you want to be celebrating and uh, getting out there and having fun. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to be dealing with, uh, you know, emissions targets and uh, freshwater and immigration issues and this sort of thing. You want to be, uh, you know, probably looking at your business and, and working out, you know, how you're going to go sheep milking or or, um, or how you're going to, you know, lease a bit of uh, sheep and beef country or something like that and, and, and what you're going to do there. And that's why I say that what I consider a young farmer in feds is probably different to what some others would consider it. You come across as a, a pretty optimistic guy. You've got a great sense of humour, you know, pretty positive chap. But let's be honest, we know that there can be, you know, quite a bit of negativity within and around farming at times. How do you cope with that? How do you um, keep yourself positive in the face of that? I've <laughs> battle with it a little bit. Being the Federated Farmers President is, is a real honour and also a relatively prestigious position within the farming community, right? Someone call it quite kind of statesman-like. Um, I've had to even tone back some of my, my joking type nature and some of my uh, some of my jokes at times. So <laughs> uh, you can't you can't just always be yourself as such. But I but on the other hand, I do and I want to bring in a lot of optimism for the sector. You know, I'm extremely positive about where where egg's going and, and not only that, where we've come from as well. So I'm hoping that flows through into, into what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm also aware that, you know, farmer confidence at the moment is literally at an all-time low, and we've got a job to do to, to dig ourselves back out of that, and that's sector leaders. You know, all, all sector leaders need to be to be looking at that to say, hey, what's happening here uh, and what are we going to do? Because if we want this ag to be a success like people say they want, then there's some things that we can do in behind the scenes to make that happen. Yeah, great. Flipping that question around a little bit, I want to talk about mental health. Aside from you being really positive and upbeat, you're also, you know, you're, you're known for your work uh, that you've done in the advocacy of, you know, around rural mental health, albeit slightly reluctantly. I know you didn't put your hand up to be a champion in that space, but your story is quite well known about what you went through um, back in, I think, 2017, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Do you still have low times, Wayne? And if so, how do you manage those? Yeah, uh, again, people often see me now in the, in the papers and on TV and, and this sort of thing, hear me on the radio and and people, just as you asked before, you know, how do you do what you do? You know, you're, you're always doing something and blah, blah, blah. 
Do I have my low times? Heck yeah. Yeah, I do. You know, everything catches up with you now and then. Uh, I think what's become important with me now in terms of my mental health is just acknowledging that and realising that's happening. Really, um, I'm a big one for going hard when you're going hard and, and stopping when you stop. So um, there's nothing for me to definitely just spend a day at home, you know, on the couch, you know, you know slowing down and just recharge, literally recharging the batteries, you know. Uh, but, like, purposefully doing it and really understanding that, uh, making sure... You know, again, purposely getting out and catching up with friends and connecting with people when uh, we need to and seeing a different side of life. What I've found now, you know, with being president is that a lot of my discussion and my conversation now is at a real kind of national level, quite broad. And when I get back into my local community, you know, like it's a different conversation. It's the conversation I'm having on the sideline at rugby on Saturdays is quite different to what I'm having in Wellington on a Wednesday. But both are equally as important. And that's probably why I do do things like the rugby and whatnot is to to keep myself grounded, one. Uh, there's nothing like a, um, a foot race between you and a 15-year-old boy to, um, you know, to keep yourself grounded. But... Um, just knowing that that's what you're doing. So I'm, I'm really aware of some of those factors that, that led into, you know, me getting into a pretty terrible place and now what I can do to, to get out. It's a great skill to learn and it's something, you know, we talked about young people listening earlier, if, or it doesn't matter, it's not even young people, it's anyone. If you are battling a bit, jump onto the to the likes of the Farm Strong website and other places. Some of these things they say on there, you know, I've read them a hundred times and they sound they sound really simple and uh, basic and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing that. But question yourself, like, am I? You know, the, the five mental health pillars, uh, for example, you know, um, connection, uh, giving, learning, showing gratitude and, and also being active, you know, they're, they're the five mental health pillars. Look at the last week that you've been in and say, hey, am, am I touching each one of those? Or how many times have, you know, have I touched on each one of those pillars, you know? And almost, you know, take a stock of it. And that's literally what I do, you know, like I'm I'm pretty aware of, of what I'm doing from that point of view to look after my mental health. Apart from really resting up, like you said, and then things like connecting um, with people, what are the other real go-to strategies for you when you are feeling down, Wayne? Like what are your tried and tested strategies that work for you? It goes both ways for me, right? So on farm, because I'm off farm a bit, you know, I spend a couple of days a week off farm, you know, getting back on the weekends and just milking my cows and just, getting up in the morning and getting the fresh air in the lungs and, and that sort of thing, that is one of my go-tos to recharge the batteries, you know, keeping it nice and simple like that. And then off farm, my wife says that when I was going through the worst of the worst, you know, she recognised that I was a, a very giving person that I like to, you know, whether that be through the likes of rugby coaching or or giving in terms of donating my time or, or whatever it was, you know, putting those opportunities in front of me. So that's where Meet the Need fitted in for me. Uh, but also, you know, other opportunities around the, the community. Um, I've always found that if you if you do a little bit of giving, not that you want it to, but it, it does seem to come back around tenfold around into into some way around into your life. You know, others recognise that and, and it all creates this one big holistic circle, which is pretty awesome. That's awesome. You mentioned, you know, when you're at your lowest of lows back then in 2017 and, if I understand it correctly, one of the big ways that you came out of that was by setting yourself this challenge to seek out something new to do, something meaningful every day, which is, of course, your YOLO challenge, you only live once. Now, if I've done my maths right, you've been doing that now for about 2,473 days. Hopefully I've... Yeah, we are somewhere about there, yeah. It's around about there. Yeah. <laughs> out of all those days, what are some of the moments, you know, one or two moments that really stand out for you? Like, it's amazing to think, Ben, uh, that there is that many moments. Um, 
there's, there's two ways that I always look at that, right? I'm like, geez, it's, it's what it's been seven years or something or six or seven years and hopefully I've still got another like 40 years to go. So so, so if we keep creating all these memories, geez, we've got a lot ahead of us. But, yeah, and then when you reflect back on on some of them, and, and I do every now and then, I scroll back through the kind of the YOLO pages and whatnot and, and look at some of them. Every little thing makes a difference, whether it was um, – uh, like, like, for example, YOLO Day 400, I went skydiving, which is one of the more kind of the bigger things, right? Like YOLO's not about always doing these big, massive things, but but went skydiving on YOLO Day 400. And just that that feeling when you're hanging out the edge of a plane, you know, and, and that moment that, you know, your heart's racing and you feel alive type thing, that certainly brings a zing to your, to, to your life. But through it all, there's been highs and lows and and everything else, and and you just um, it's, it's just been one big massive learning. The biggest thing that's come out of it for me is um, is obviously people and connection with people and all the different people we've met through the uh, along the journey. Uh, that's probably been the most incredible thing. I remember that picture of you skydiving. Actually, that one really jumps out at me. I must have seen that. I think in one of the farming magazines. So Wayne, you've got about two and a half years left uh, as president. Where are you taking feds? What should farmers expect to see from the organisation in that time that you've, you know, remaining as president? My team will get sick hearing it, but um, feds need to be one team. We're quite a big organisation and so we, we need to work as one team. We also need ag- agriculture to work as one team. I look at it like I'm coaching rugby and it, it's very similar to that. So I want feds to be the all blacks of the agricultural sector, mainly for the main reason that we need to be right. If we want to get what farmers want us to get, uh, then we need to be performing really, really well. And that's from the small little things that we do, whether it be in the provinces and the little meetings that we show up to there, or whether it's that crunch moment like you're kicking the, the winning conversion at the Rugby World Cup, you know, like when I'm sitting in front of the Prime Minister, I know that I need to have the answer for the Prime Minister the day that I'm sitting there, right? So I honestly look at it like a, a quite a disciplined approach, but with real structure and, and whatnot behind it. Um, I say that because, like I say, I, I look at life with a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun over the next two years as well. Um, it's going to be a really cool ship to be a part of feds and, and be amongst. Uh, but at the same time, what we're actually going for here and the end result is also really important, and I take that really, really seriously as well. So, uh, yeah, so feds are the All Blacks of the egg sector, and in two and a half years' time, I'm going to be really, really happy. Hey, good man, Wayne. Thank you so much for your time on this first episode. Really appreciate it. And I hope it's a cracking summer and a really good season for you, Tyler, and the, the kids down there in Golden Bay. Oh, and I appreciate that, Ben. And, and something I'd love to add to at the end of it is um, anyone that's listening to this, um, uh, you know, Feds is ground up organisation. We're here to hear the farmer's voice. And don't ever feel like you you can't reach out. Now, my phone does ring a fair bit, so I apologise if I can't take every phone call, but certainly don't be scared to flick me a text or flick me a message and and just say, hey, what's going on, whether it's good or bad or, or whatever it is, just to let me know so that we know how we're doing and so we know that we're when we're heading into meetings that we're, that we're really representing that farmer's voices. It's, it's really important to me that... Um, I am just one of our members representing them all um, and then I've, I've got that member's voice behind me. So I'd certainly encourage those to listen to uh, if they're ever thinking anything, if they're ever sitting on the tractor and, and want to flick me a text, uh, do it. I'd really appreciate the feedback. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it and you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the Federated Farmers podcast on Spotify, Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you get notified when our new episodes drop. And if you have any feedback or podcast suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line, podcast at fedfarm.org.nz. 
That's podcast at fedfarm.org.nz. Catch you next time.